Let the trumpets play. Here's that rainy day. One of the instrumental songs that David Poulton used to play. We have a very special guest on today, Doreen Poulton, a Huvelton resident, a member of our community, a 30-year veteran of Huvelton Central School. She will share with us the times of the Huvelton Band, the Marching Band, and the pride that it brought to our community. We have our guest is Doreen Poulton. Doreen Poulton, you might hear heard of David Poulton, our band director for many years at Huvelton Central. Well, this couple came to Huvelton all the way from Canada. So not naturally born in the United States, but boy, did they bring a big punch and power and many other things to this, this little school of Huvelton and this community. So welcome, Doreen. Welcome to Purple Pride. Thank you. <laughs> You're very welcome. Doreen, I would like you to kind of go back a little bit and just tell us about what brought you here from Canada. And tell us a little bit about the town in Canada that you came from. Well, I I came from a very small town called Puslich, Ontario, and Dave came from a city where we both went to high school, Guelph, Ontario. And that is actually west of Toronto. We went to high school together. That's where I actually met Dave and where we wound up being high school sweethearts and eventually getting married. After high school, I went to teacher's college and Dave came to Crane in Potsdam. And he graduated uh, with his music bachelor's uh, in 1960, and I taught, after my college time, I taught in, in Canada for three years, elementary, and then we got married, actually um, married in April of 1960. And after we got married, we um, decided to because Dave had graduated from Potsdam, from Crane, with a music degree, decided that we were going to seek out a music position for him in New York State. And that is exactly what we did. And initially, he taught in Messina. He had done his student teaching in Messina for uh, Charlie Robb and he very much wanted him to be a part of his staff, so we were very fortunate in that he didn't have any trouble finding a job, that's for sure. He taught in Messina for um, four years, from 1960 to 1964. While we were there, I did some substitute teaching in Messina, and then I taught a nursery school for two years, the last two years that we were there. 
Dave decided he wanted to, um, he's taught elementary school in three different schools in Messina, and he decided he wanted to branch out to high school. So he did some interviews. He had some, some interviews for different positions, and the job opened up in Hubleton. So he requested an interview, sent in his his um, resume and was granted an, an interview and we actually had to, he had to come to a board meeting and he was interviewed by the full board and at the end of their meeting, the president came out and said, Mrs. Poulton, we'd like to have you come in. And I said, okay, so I went in. And they talked to both of us, and they actually offered Dave um, the job, which was uh, instrumental music, K through 12. Actually, nothing for kindergarten, but starting in fourth grade, um, he had was responsible for all of the instrumental music. And... We we uh, we really enjoyed moving here. We actually uh, were very fortunate. There weren't very many places to live when we first started looking, but I'm sure many of you remember the McMartins, Ralph and Gladys, and they had their house that we actually live in, or I live in now, and um, it was empty. And Mr. Ames called them and wanted to know if they might be interested in it and renting it. So they met us, and they decided they would rent it to us. And we've been there ever since. Been there ever since. And, yeah. you know, I would just like to point out that, you know, you mentioned living in Canada and having conversations with Dave many times. Not every, not too many people would probably know this, but Dave was a, a, a really big hockey fan. And he he played hockey, correct? Mm -hmm. uh, and golf. Mm -hmm. He had to make a decision as whether he was going to be a hockey player or a musician. Yeah. <laughs> and if anybody knows about golf, which I didn't know a lot about golf, but when I spoke to Dave, you know, many hockey players, I would have to say that was a big breeding ground for uh, famous hockey players that came out of there was uh, mm -hmm. was from that part of Canada. Mm -hmm. Wow, that's correct. Um, and in fact, uh, you know, uh, you had given me a pair of his skates, and uh, and Dave was always particular about keeping his stuff nice. Mm -hmm. And these were CCM skates. Mm -hmm. You you looked at the box, you would have thought it just came off the shelf. <laughs> you open that box up, his socks were still in the in the skates. <laughs> nice wool socks. I didn't know that. Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so um, you know, he, he he was he was very into hockey and in fact you both like hockey and you know, you're both big fans of SLU. That's right. And, uh, you know, going to many hockey games and having uh, tickets, you know, yearly. For years. Years. And we had tickets for years. Uh, I can't tell you exactly how many, but many, many years way back when actually Bernie McKinnon was just finishing his career when we started getting our season's tickets. 
mm-hmm. and I still have two. Yeah. So you've got to you've got to see not only the different coaches that came out as SLU, mm-hmm. uh, and also the the different players, famous players that Definitely. came out of SLU. Yeah. And this could be a whole other podcast. We could have we could be talking <laughs> about this for hours, but um, when we we may have to have another podcast and just talk about SLU hockey. I don't know. <laughs> of course, there might be some Clarkson fans that might hear this and just turn us off automatically. That's you right. Know? <laughs> but Doreen, so so that you both came to Hubleton and thank you know, thank God you did. And um, let let me ask you, you yourself was were employed at the school. Mm-hmm. Um, I know when I came to the school there, you were the, the secretary for the superintendent. What were some of the things that you first did when you when you came to Hubleton Central? Well, when we arrived in Hubleton, we moved here on a, on a Tuesday, in the beginning of September, school was in session. Um, and actually, I should take that back, it was closer to the end of September we moved here, actually. And the day, I believe, after we got here, had we had a knock at our back door, and it was uh, Don Sterling. I'm sure all of you remember Don. Wanting to know, I had already um, three days. The the first three days I was here, actually, I substitute taught for Irene Wallace. Now, now, I just, most people may not know who Irene Wallace was. Irene Wallace, Irene, I don't remember her last, she was Irene Aldridge when we came here, actually. But she was the music teacher? She was the vocal music teacher. Okay. And so I substituted for her for three, the first three days I was here. And then on Saturday morning, that was a Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday morning, Don Sterling uh, knocked on our back door and wanted to t- know if he could talk to me. He was interested in knowing whether I would be interested in working in the business office. Well, I thought about it, and I did have a business background in high school, so I wasn't concerned about whether I could do it or not. I just didn't know if I wanted to do it. <laughs> so I did it. And I worked for Dawn for, I believe, three years in the business office. And then for a short period of time, I worked in the main office because the person that worked there had had moved out of that office. And then I don't know if that was even a full year. I can't really remember for sure, but I had the opportunity to become the superintendent's secretary, Mr. Ames' secretary, and I took it, and that's where I spent the rest of my career at Hubleton. A total of 31 years I spent there, a good 31 years, and um, I very much enjoyed my my job as as um, superintendent secretary. So I don't. Look- let me just interrupt you one second, Doreen. Mm-hmm. So here you are, you're the, the superintendent's secretary, uh, you know, you for Larry Ames. Who, who was the principal at the time there? 
actually, there wasn't a principal. He was, when we first moved here, Jim Morgan was superintendent and Mr. Ames was high school principal. Right. How many students were at Hubleton at that time when you came? I mean, well, the building... we got as high, we got as high as just a little bit over a thousand. I can't remember exactly the numbers, but we had over a thousand students. That was even before um, special education classes came into Hubleton from both seats. Right, and then these had... were our own students. Yeah, and and then um, it has declined drastically. I understand, and now they also have the special education classes through BOCES yeah. that, that are housed in the school now, I believe. Yeah, I mean, the, the building has changed. The size of the building has changed. Mm -hmm. uh, the student population has changed. Many things have taken place over the years. Tell us a little bit about uh, Dave and, and, and how you got involved in helping with the band as well. When, at what point did that happen? Did that happen automatically when Dave took over the band? Or did one day, uh, you know... Dave asked you. He, the first parade that he he took the band to in in Hammond. He took the kids on a bus, and I followed the bus in our car, and I really was just along for the ride. And as time went on, in a reasonably short amount of time, uh, the following year. Dave did start to make some changes in the group. Um, when he came here, they just had the band proper and the American flag line and major, majorettes. They had majorettes um, always. And he decided to boost things up a little bit and he started um, a color guard. As a matter of fact, the first year that we had a color guard, um, they wore uniforms that were originally worn by by former uh, cheerleaders. Oh wow! Oh, corduroy. Okay. Oh, corduroy. Cord uh, not too many people will remember corduroy. No, they won't. No, they won't. But it, corduroy would definitely be very warm to wear <laughs> in the summer. You bet. You bet. And we had these huge flags that that some of the kids, you know, if it was a windy day, they practically got carried along by the flag. But um, the more that he developed the front end of the band, the more involved I became. Okay. Because I sort of helped out with, with that aspect of it all. So and what you see today is you see the color guard... And then you also, and of course, you have the batons and everything else. Mm -hmm. And then you have the band. Mm -hmm. That wasn't the case when Dave started. He no. just had the band. Just band proper. There were 48 kids in the band. 48? 48. Ooh, that's, a, that's a good size number. How many did he have on stage at one time? What was the band size at that time? Well, he developed, the, the marching band, um, he had at least... A hundred or a few over a hundred band members in marching band on the stage he would have probably had at least 80 at least mm. I'm not 
sure of exact actual numbers. It changed as the years went by, but 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 his marching band grew grew a lot. It really did, and they they were just like one big family. Yeah, there's so many different stories from I've heard from either firemen, you know, because they used to go to the parade as well. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, and Dave used to tell so many different stories about, you know, the then when the firemen were there and uh, at these parades and and uh, you know I'm gonna throw a name out there, Steve Knowlton, um, <laughs> and you know some of the he, Steve did some funny things and he was a character, of course, you know. Uh, but uh, all these different people that were involved in, you know, the community, the band, and there, you could talk to so many different people who have a story about Dave and Doreen Poulton. Yeah, yeah. The the community became very very proud of of the band, and we were very proud of the band. Um, it was like. We didn't ever have any children of our own, but we had lots of everybody else's. Sure. And they, they, it was just a wonderful, a wonderful experience. I would do it all over again in a heartbeat. As a matter of fact, I still miss it. Mm -hmm. And and we both, before Dave passed away, he missed it. Um, and I think the people miss it. You know. Yeah. I, because if you if you see the the band in the summertime now. They still come around this, the same street where you live. They uh, right before the governor fair, they still put on a performance, you know, in front of your house. And these kids, the kids that are on that band, wouldn't know the history behind any of this. No, probably not. And 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 we still have to do when when Dave had band before we went to governor fair, the night before we always I led a cheer. For the kids and just to get them psyched up and get mm -hmm. them ready to roll and to this day they still come looking for that cheer the night before the fair yeah so Doreen gets out there that's the chair you get a, you, the chair. you get you get the tire on you got the purple and gold you oh, got yeah. all that stuff that's going uh very you know goes right along with the you know the school Just, and uh, yeah. the pride and, of it. This is pride, and 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 for for a short period of time when things were kind of rolling a little rough, they lost a, the band itself. Lost a little bit of that pride because they weren't doing what they wanted to be doing, and I could see it coming back and coming back. So now we add to our cheer usually the word pride. Mm -hmm. Because there's nothing like it. That's right. And it makes it just makes them feel so good. It makes me feel good to see them be proud of themselves. And they should be. They do a good job. They need to be rewarded for it. What now Dave had a saying as well, and it was bang up job. I, I remember seeing uh I think it was a picture of him in his director's outfit, uh, or maybe in a suit in front of the band. And then underneath it was a uh, quote, bang up job. Where did that come from? That's something he came up with on his own. I'm not sure how it started, but when the kids did a real good job in a parade, go back to the buses, he'd usually read the judges' sheets 
and they usually did a good job. It, but he always, they looked for it actually, eventually, he would say, bang up job, guys, you did it, you did it. And, and, he, he, and he meant it, and they knew it. And if he didn't say it, they knew they hadn't done them what they should have. <laughs> okay, so if you went home that night and you didn't hear him say that, then that's right. <laughs> that's right. You knew that the expectations, he, the bar it, was high. He, oh, very high. Yeah. Very high. But if you don't expect it, you don't get it. Doreen, I've heard you tell so many, and Dave as well, so many different stories of band trips. Um, can you just share with us? Maybe one or two of those marching band trips that you remember mm -hmm. really comes to your mind. Well, one of them, uh, we went to State Fair for, I think we went five years to the competition at State Fair. And then uh, they changed, they changed the, um, the way they, they uh, did things at the fair. But one that I do really remember was our drum majorette, and it was Judy Paquette at the time. She actually placed second for drum majorettes at the State Fair, which was pretty, pretty awesome. Mm -hmm. And um, also on that same trip, Don Steele, who was former Hubleton person and wonderful guy, was our bus driver, and he 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 was bald, and some guy came along to him and he says, "Where did you get the shot Simonize on that head there, sir?" And, and Don just about corked him on really, but that same night, on our way home, the bus broke down. I don't know your home. And we we were stranded in um, Brewerton on 81. We got home at five o'clock in the morning to call parents, tell them we have a, a problem, one bus is on its way, we're stranded and we're gonna be a while. And, and they had to find a part to fix the bus, which they looked for for quite a while because it was late at night. We got home at five o'clock in the morning and. Some of the, well, the kids didn't have to go to school, but I did have to go to work. Uh -huh. <laughs> it was a long day, <laughs> but um, that was one trip. And then another trip that was really a fun trip, we took the kids to Pennsylvania. We actually took them to Pennsylvania twice. The first time that we went, we, um, we marched in Salamanca. And then the next time we, we went to Bradford and there's one road going into Bradford and here we are, two bus loads of kids and a small bus and we're at a traffic lineup and we're, how are we going to get to the parade route? So Dave flagged down a policeman and the policeman said, come with me. He was on a motorcycle. So Dave hopped on the motorcycle, and I'm sure if anybody's listening to this that happened to be on that trip, we all just cracked up watching Dave ride on this motorcycle with a policeman <laughs> because he had his both legs sticking straight out. 
and it was just a fun, it was a fun time and it was, we had a lot of fun with that but it was great they were great trips the kids enjoyed them we took them the, the second time we actually took an extra day and we took them down to Corning had them go through the glass uh, factory and to Corning Glass and it was just a, a great time you and Dave have impacted so many different people's lives. There's so many different connections to Dave and Doreen Poulton. It's hard to say one name and, and not mention someone else. That's right. So is there anything that you would like to say where it kind of encompasses everyone in general? I would just like to say, I guess, that uh, we were very, very fortunate uh, for band trips, for marching band trips. We always had wonderful chaperones. Every parade, we had at least two chaperones, at least two on a bus, and they took things very seriously. They were great with the kids. They were such a big help, and we never could have gotten through it all without them. And also, we also had many, many people in the community, bus drivers, um, just everybody was behind what we were doing. And it was very comforting to know that and know that we had their support. And Hubleton, to us, was, well, to be very honest, when we came here, we we're going to stay two, three years. It was a, it was a stepping stone. Hubleton became our home, and we we love it. It, it. We had a very progressive little school. Um, it actually traveled. Its name traveled far because of the dedication of everybody involved. Everybody took it very seriously and um, to our advantage, certainly. And I know Dave always appreciated so much what everybody did for him and for myself as well. And, and we just we could never thank them enough. Well, it's obvious that that is the case because the, our auditorium in, in our school is named after David Bolton. That's correct. And that is, and I know you know that that's quite an honor um, to have that happen. And there's a lot of reasons why it should have happened. Mm -hmm. And so I would like to know that what types of things did Dave and Doreen Poulton enjoy outside of marching band and band? Because that was a big part of your life. If, if I were to look at a pie chart, <laughs> and it was a raspberry pie chart, I would and I love raspberry pie, I would have to say the smallest piece is what Dave and Doreen had to do and their extra time. <laughs> yes, usually at the end of marching season, which was we wound up marching season 
uh, with Governor Fair. Um, there was a, a period of time when Hubleton, when we first came here, did have a Labor, Labor, Labor Day parade, excuse me, um, and then they, they dropped that, and for many, many, many years they did not have a parade on Labor Day, so we wound up the marching season after Governor Fair, and then the rest of that week they've pulled in uniforms to send to the dry cleaners and just clean things up before we took a two or three week vacation. Uh, we usually went camping. We had a uh, camping trailer that we traveled with for two weeks, a couple times three. And then um, we finally, because we were so busy in the summertime, and really couldn't do anything else because we were actually, we were committed to, to marching band. Uh, we bought a trailer and have it, and still have it, on a private campground up near Colton. So that gave us a little bit of time that we could sneak a day in here or there to, to enjoy some time. We enjoyed camping very, very much. That was one thing that we really liked to do. We also, on our vacations, we enjoyed traveling home to Canada to visit with our families. And um, those were the two big things that we actually had relaxed time with, in addition to our hockey games in the wintertime. We had season tickets for years, and uh, we enjoyed that. And Dave was big into big band he he had yes. he was part of a band himself yes he was he was part of uh, Frank Saatchi's big band out of Watertown um, and he very much enjoyed that and they did a lot of playing a lot of different places and then he had a small group that he started uh, back a few years ago um, and there were five of them and they played in different places just around this area uh, actually went to Tupper Lake a couple times, um, and he really enjoyed that too. They would get together and rehearse, and they'd have as much fun rehearsing as they did uh, playing somewhere. But they, they very much enjoyed it. Dave, Dave enjoyed being in in groups. He, well, when he was in high school, even he was in a big band in Canada, and uh, all through, practically, all the way through high school. And what was his what was the his favorite instrument? Trumpet. Trumpet. He was a trumpet. Trumpet player. was his trumpet was his major, but he could play almost anything. In fact, one year up at school, they 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 had a a talent show or some I can't remember exactly what it was. I think it was a talent show, and he and four or five other kids got all dressed up, and he played trombone. And I couldn't believe it when I saw him because I didn't know he played trombone, but he did. He could he could pick up just about anything and played. He played drums very well too, actually, but um, he was full of music. So most of the most of our listeners probably wouldn't know this, but I was I was involved in a band, uh, and I played trumpet, which was one of my instruments. Actually, I played a, a smaller version of a trumpet called a coronet. Mm -hmm. and, what, and my band teacher was Andy Van Dyne. Oh, sure. So Andy Van Dyne, you know, yeah. uh, it, it, yeah. did he ever play with Andy? 
He or, could have. I'm not honestly sure. I don't know whether he did or not. He could well have. I'm not sure that he did, but, it, you know, he did lots of things musically that it, I, I don't even know who all the people were in the groups. Mm-hmm. So, but he... Uh, but he had a lot of connections. He had that, a lot of connections. Yes, he did. He really did. So that took you and, you know, probably had... Quite, quite a, every weekend you were probably busy we doing. We didn't have very many weekends that we didn't have something to, to do. And he, well, it, music involves being busy and, and in, during his tenure, uh, concerts were like Saturday nights. They practiced all day Saturday, different groups, and then Saturday night would be the concert. I think now they do a lot of them in the afternoon. But um, we didn't ever have to look for anything to do. <laughs> no, it doesn't sound so you've been very busy and, and you have uh, traditionally have had a certain type of dog that you've been part of your family. Springer Spaniels, you betcha. Springer Spaniels, so you know yeah. that's always been part of your it family. It has, we've always, well our first little dog was just a, a part hound, a good little dog, we liked her a lot, but then They've decided he would like to get a Springer Spaniel, and that started it all, because that's all we had after that. We've had, uh, I think the little dog that I have now is our sixth Springer. Uh, Beautiful dogs. Yeah. Well, Doreen, we, we could, or I personally, could we could have a conversation and cover a lot of ground and talk about a lot of things. So I, me personally, I would love to have you on again and to be able to talk about more about Hubleton and about some of the other things that are important to your life and important to our listeners' lives as well. Well, there's just one thing I would like to say um, before I leave, and that is the fact that the highlight of my life within the past three years has been the alumni marching band that the alumni group started and did an absolutely wonderful job with and I'm so proud of all of them and they did just a great and if they ranged from the class of seven or sixty sixty five or sixty six right up through and it was wonderful I'll never forget it. it. It's been a special part of my life since I lost Dave because I could, I could just imagine how proud he must be up there of what they did. And uh, so I, I, I never could thank them enough for what they did in honor of Dave. And so that I, I really, I would be very remiss if I didn't mention that. I, I just, because I'm so proud of what they did and I, I still watch the tapes of it every once in a while. It, it, was, it was great. And thank you for having me. I appreciate it. Well, thanks for sharing with us. I would like to thank Doreen Poulton for taking the time out of her day to spend it with us here on Purple Pride. Doreen, you did a bang-up job. Thank you for the 30 plus years of service at Huvelton Central. 
and being able to spend all of those years with all of those students. You and Dave have made an impact on Huvelton and also provided the community with such pride. We thank you.